0: know
1: a lot about golf. Well, we're waiting.
2: And we're back. We have survived Thanksgiving. We have survived Black Friday. We hope you can say the same. But if you're here listening right now, I guess the chances are pretty good that you have. We are those Weekend Golf Guys. John Ashton in studio. Jeff Smith at the Golf Cave at Otter Creek in Columbus. The Plain and Simple Golf School Thanksgiving, okay?
3: Yeah, yeah, it was great. I'm wearing bigger pants. I'm happy.
2: That's it. How long you do know, your leftovers last, man?
3: Uh, you know what? Not too long. That's the problem. That's why I'm wearing
0: bigger
2: pants. I'm so <laughs> <cool>. <laughs> we we used to have like, you know, Thanksgiving dinner and then there'd be a, a rehash of Thanksgiving dinner on Friday and then turkey sandwiches on Saturday and then maybe turkey omelets on Sunday or whatever. But now we've avoided all of that stuff. My wife, she makes the green bean casserole. I make the sweet potato casserole, and we go to somebody else's house. You know we what? mess up I their make, house, and then we I, come You know home. what
3: I do? I make things go away. <laughs> by, <laughs> by
2: consuming them.
3: <laughs> That's right. You know what I miss? It's Thanksgiving weekend. You know what I miss? What?
2: I miss the skins game. That's what I miss. I do, too, man. I, I do, want too. I Freddie Couples on
3: Thanksgiving Day. I want it on TV.
2: You know, when um, uh, our buddy Fuzzy... Yeah. Played in that man, he is one of the funniest guys. I mean, he's just a hoot to hang out with. In fact, we we spent an inclement day uh, at his golf course just up the street here in um, whatever little hamlet it is in Indiana where his uh, Covered Bridge Golf Course is at. wasn't wasn't raining in Louisville, but in, in Indiana. So anyhow, we were just sitting there uh, drinking fuzzy vodka because uh-huh. he has his <laughs> own his own brand of vodka. And uh, we were uh, drinking that, um, and he was there. And he saw us drinking it, and he uh, he bought. But, man, he just entertained us for almost two hours. Yeah, and what then, a great thing. And then suggested maybe we sleep a bit in the car before we try to go home. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: okay, Fuzz. Okay, <laughs> Fuzz. I'll sleep it off in your parking lot. <laughs>
2: but the man is just a hilarious guy. But I do miss that, uh, that whole skins game thing. That was good. So what they just yeah. couldn't find any sponsors to, to pony up with all the money or –
3: Apparently not. You know, how about, a, how about a great skins game with like John Daly and Fuzzy Zeller and Fred Couples and Greg Norman? Yeah, Wouldn't that just be the greatest thing? Didn't Greg Norman just like kick everybody's teeth in for a handful of years on the skins game? I think so. I think Couples did the same thing. Yeah, I mean know? it
2: was like tied up for the first day and then the second day they yeah. did. Because you should do it nine and nine on separate days, didn't they, in the afternoon? Yeah. And, and then they, you know, they got to like the fourteenth hole on the second day and Greg Norman, you know, made a birdie and got like four hundred and thirty seven thousand dollars or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I think that. they
3: need to replay that stuff. I think they need to replay the ones with Lee Trevino and Chichi yeah. Rodriguez yeah. and all the entertainment, you know? Yeah. That's just I miss that. That's what I want on Thanksgiving weekend. I That's don't right. care about the Lions playing football or Dallas
2: <laughs> acting know, like man.
3: they're trying to play football or whatever I that know.
2: is. I know. Man, why do we have to be just assailed by losers? Left and right, with apologies to all of our audience in Dallas. But the Cowboys just don't got it this year, guys. You know, yeah,
3: same thing with the D- Detroit crowd. Sorry, folks, but yeah. it's the way it
2: is. It's the way it is. I mean, there are no patriots. You know what I'm saying?
3: Well, you know, <laughs> let's, let's not go there. You know what? I don't know who sprayed Teflon all over that franchise, but nothing sticks to them. <laughs>
2: See that meme going around again? Nothing to do with golf. We'll get to it eventually, folks. Oh, um, maybe. But but they had a meme going around Facebook where it said, "Isn't it funny that the three best teams in the NFL are represented by big cats?" There's Carolina, picture of a panther. There's Cincinnati, picture of a Bengal tiger, and New England. And I went, "What?" Huh? And then I looked for a minute, and it was a picture of a cheetah. <laughs> Ah, yes, I love that. Yeah, I took a little I offense, but I don't care who you are. I mean, that's, that's funny right there. That's funny, that's funny right there. That's good stuff. And the good thing is that when you are a Patriot fan, you can laugh at the haters, right? You don't have to take it personally. There you go. We
3: don't necessarily hate it. Sometimes it's actually the, it's good to have a villain. And you know what? It used to be the Raiders, but they stink so bad that they're just not villainous.
2: Yeah, they can't come in anymore. No, well, no, not at all.
3: Who's a villain right. in golf, man? They got one in golf? You know, I don't know. If it's anybody, it might be, gosh, I want to say Sergio. Really? Because he's such a whiner.
2: Yeah, that's true.
3: You know, but it's hard because people like that guy, and there's a, a lot of great reasons to like him. I like him, but I think that that's what it would be if there was such a, a, a villain in golf.
2: Yeah, there really is no, 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 no golfer on the PGA Tour that people love to hate.
3: No, there isn't, but he's the one they love to heckle. Let that guy show up in a tournament in New York again. Remember Beth Page Black,
0: uh-huh.
3: <laughs> the U.S. Open a few years ago. And He's sitting there. He he's got that little twitch going on where he's <laughs> regripping that thing 150 times, and they're <laughs> yeah. out there counting it yeah. every time he does that. It's like while we're young, Sergio. Yeah. yeah, I think that that he might be the only guy that that people would say that they love to at least pick
2: on. Yeah,
3: you, you know I don't see anybody else. It you know it used to be Colin Montgomery. Yeah, but Monty doesn't play uh, on the PGA Tour anymore. He's up in the Senior Tour, and so plus he's you know, mellowed, man. Of... Well, he has. I mean, he's you know he's certainly not a part of the Ryder Cup anymore, and and that's always one of the things. So I guess you could look yeah. at you know if you're the American uh, contingent, you're looking at the the European squad, and you, you got to look at Ian Poulter as being the guy that they love. Yeah. To, they love to rib a little bit now, along with Sergio, and so but. I don't think that he's a villainous character at all. I think that he's just the guy that they'll point at because he's he's so flamboyant uh, in his zeal for, for his European team. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And in the
3: Ryder Cup and making all those putts and screaming and pumping his fists and everything yeah. that if it was an American player, we'd be thinking he was the biggest hero
2: in the world, you know? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> isn't it funny? It just but depends he's... on the color of your hat, how we feel yeah, about I, you. I, isn't that amazing? <laughs> well, let me tell you who the USGA thinks the biggest villain in golf is. Who's that? You. I am not, not. Not you, but the collective you. I'm talking, as they I say in not. the South, all y'all. <laughs> and we will all explain y'all. that when we come right back. We are those weekend golf guys. Don't you move.
4: Do you owe ten thousand dollars or more to the IRS? Then get on board with
5: the Tax Admiral and let us steer your way to financial freedom.
4: The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. They can freeze your bank accounts, seize your car, home, will garnish your paychecks and benefits.
5: Don't take on the IRS alone. I can fight for you using industry secrets that can help stop the IRS. I'll cut your penalties, slash your interest, and reduce your overall tax bill sometimes. I can even get it zeroed out completely.
4: We're an A-rated company with over 30 years' experience helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. And we have a nice... 95% customer satisfaction rating.
5: If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS, are facing an audit, a lien, or levy, then call me right away.
6: Call 800-329-2708. Again, that's 800-329-2708. 800-329-2708. 800-329-2708.
2: All right, I'm going to tell you something right now that you don't want to hear, but you're going to listen very close. You can spend $199, $299, $399. You could spend $1,050 on a new driver, and it's not going to help. Like I said, you don't want to hear that because you go, oh, my goodness, I just spent all this money. Now, a lesson, now that could help. But these drivers that are designed to give you more yardage and straighter, they're all designed for pros, They're designed so amateurs can use them, but they are designed for pros, for very good golfers, which most of us ain't. You know, maybe you don't want to hear that either. But here's what you can do high heat drivers. Mark, our intrepid producer, uses one, has improved his game immensely. I use one. has improved my game immensely. Even Jeff uses one. You can't get any better than it was. High Heat. Go to KnuthGolf.com and get one. Tell them you heard it from us, and you'll get $70 off
1: with a money-back guarantee. Check it out, KnuthGolf.com. If you're diabetic, this message could change your life. Is your blood sugar out of control even when you do all the right stuff? Are you afraid of diabetic blindness and the risk of amputation? As well as all those other side effects? Well, you should be. Is there anything that could help manage your blood sugar? Nobetes is a natural supplement that may quickly and dramatically lower your blood sugar. My
0: name is Bob Quarter. I've been using nobetes for about three and a half to four months now. And in the first three months, I've actually lowered my blood sugars from 500s down to 139. And then it dropped to 88 to 99. 90- Uh,
2: My name is Kirsten. I'm a type 1 diabetic, and while taking Nobetes, my blood sugar levels dropped from 295 to 115 in just one day. The
1: FDA hasn't evaluated these statements, and Nobetes isn't intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. But for many, it's helped drop their blood sugar. So if you've been evaluated with high blood sugar, don't delay. Evaluate Nobetes now. Call 800-553-0803 and get your free bottle. Just cover shipping and handling. Call 800-553-0803. That's 800-553-0803.
2: And we are here those weekend golf guys. John Ashton in studio, Jeff Smith at the golf cave, playing simple golf school at Otta Creek in Columbus. And uh, and yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get into great detail. I'm trying to calm down. Mentioned, of course, this new USGA rule that says you basically are a cheater and can't be trusted. Um we'll talk about that in a little bit. But there's some other rules. When we start talking about rules, there are some things that uh, our, our normal group has kind of a running discussion slash argument about, and that's yeah. and, and Jeff, you're you're a rule guy, so jump on in here. Your average foursome, you're going to find maybe two, maybe three people on the green and one person on the fringe. And we all hang out and don't do anything until that guy on the fringe gets his ball on the green. But that's not the way to do it. It's no. the longest putt. If, if I'm 50 feet, like when, when Mark had his miraculous, I mean, with his very good 45-foot birdie putt the other day. It was an excellent putt. Excellent putt. It's, it's a miracle that it doesn't happen more often. But if a but if a guy who is twenty feet but off the green or or let's let's say yeah twenty feet off the green mark should have gone before this guy did that was off the green.
3: The rule is basically who's farther from the hole, not what type of shot they have. But you know you even see that on the pro tour. There's a guy in the bunker right next to the green, Mm -hmm. and there's a guy thirty feet away. Right. That guy thirty feet away, he's waiting until that guy blasts out. Yeah. It's just that's it's becoming commonplace.
2: But it's not a rule.
3: Well, you know, the the etiquette of the game is, is where that falls. If you played out of order and you're in match play, there's a wonderful rule that says that the opponent could make you play it again. Mm-hmm. And and they'll do it in match play if the guy hits one fantastic shot and he played out of turn, you're darn well sure that that opponent is going to go. You know, you played out of turn. You're going to have to play that again. Yeah, that was a great shot. That making that. Let's again. see if you can do it shot. again. Yeah, right. You get a shot at that. Right after I do this, you can you can have your real shot. So yeah, I gave you practice one there. In in stroke play, mm-hmm. there there really isn't a penalty for that. No, nope. there's not even a slap on the wrist or a stink eye.
2: Well, given. you don't know the guys I play with. They're stink guys <laughs> given all the time for infractions much guy. less important than that. <laughs> and and I, I now want to throw another thing out to you, okay?
6: Mm-hmm.
2: And this has happened to everybody. You're teeing up your ball.
3: Yes, you're you are teeing, teeing up your ball.
2: You're teeing up your ball, and it falls off. <laughs> and one of the wise guys in your group goes, that's one. <laughs> you." You now have the official okie-dokie from everybody to turn around and say, no, it isn't. Shut up.
3: I was going to say, I thought you were going to just say slap him.
2: Uh, Well, you can do that, too, unless he's much bigger than you. A ball that that is touched and falls off the tee after it has been addressed counts as a stroke.
3: No. No, it does not. A stroke is defined as the forward movement of the club with the intent to hit the ball. Intent is not a provable thing, but certainly... It always makes sense when a guy just happens to set his club down and it happens to move forward that there isn't any intent because he didn't even put his hands on it and take a backswing yet. That's how you can somewhat condone uh, the bumping of the ball because there's certainly no intent in right. that. Right. Now, here's no a, one could possibly say that there's intent in that.
2: Here's another rule that's going to really um, probably impede a lot of great scores in your next scramble. I was totally unaware of this. You cannot intentionally stand on or close to an extension of the line of a pot during a stroke.
3: Okay, you're correct, but let's remember we're talking about scrambles in which golf
2: rules really don't apply. <laughs> yeah, talk talk to the winning team who shoots a 52. Yeah, right. And the USGA That's... thinks I'm a cheater. Give me a yeah. break, people. And, well, and what, I, yeah, I don't okay. see the – do those people just have no self-esteem or what? You walk in – to the you know the dinner after the scramble or the lunch or the awards ceremony, whatever you want to call it, and they read out, yes, the Ashton group with a score of 52. Just got second place to the Smith group who shot 51. And everybody <laughs> around you goes, 52. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> yeah. 26 under par. Okay, that means you birdied every hole except the par fives which you eagled. Or maybe you exactly. had a couple of aces in there. Give me exactly. a break, you really but, you expect know, me to believe not, that?
3: Yeah, but they're not under the rules of golf when they let you go, okay, you can you know the general rules of scrambles are, hey look, you you're all, all going to play it from within a club length of each other, but don't cha- you know, the, don't change um, surfaces, like if the best ball you choose to play is of the rough, then all the ball's got to be played out of the rough, but how many people really do? right?
2: Oh, that's a and wolf. then <laughs> yeah, and,
3: and then oh, we're selling Mulligans today. <laughs> Buy as many as you want.
2: Yeah. Yeah. For or, or play, folks. Yeah, that's your or buy two.
3: <laughs> buy two and they use, use eight. <laughs> yeah, because nobody else knows how many you right. bought. That's, but they'd give you this little candy. But I'm not to say this is how many we got. I'm because not because of course. Going to count going to a mulligan. Honest.
2: I'm not going to count a mulligan if it didn't work. <laughs>
3: that's right. All right. <laughs> Taking the mulligan. Oh, it gave me the same result as the one before. I that's missed it. the putt again. So that's not our mulligan. And here's another, here's another rule that
2: I don't think many of us know about is is a lot of people say you can't have a ball marked unless it's on the green if it interferes with your ball, your stance, or your swing, which is incorrect. If, if I'm hitting and I'm, you know, one foot behind intrepid producer Mark, but his ball is in my stance, I can say, Mark, Mark that ball, please. Because you have to say Once please to Mark swing, or he looks at you and ball. says, do it yourself, you lazy son, but – if you're nice to him, he does that for you. The only thing is, Mark, you can't clean the ball once you pick it up unless it's on the green, which is a stupid rule.
3: You're all over the USGA today, like white on rice, aren't you?
2: Stupid <laughs> they, rule. They have delivered my <laughs> soapbox. I will be standing upon it and delivering and pontificating and, uh, and just testifying when we come there right is- back. We are those weekend golf guys powered by Golf Talk America, although they too may disown me after
0: this next diatribe. We'll be right back. Every other
2: week, we send you great tidbits, including a weekend tune-up from Jeff Smith, a quick video that'll get you doing something absolutely right on the golf course. Just go to
1: thoseweekendgolfguys.com slash newsletter and sign up. If you're diabetic, this message could change your life. Is your blood sugar out of control even when you do all the right stuff? Are you afraid of diabetic blindness and the risk of amputation? As well as all those other side effects? Well, you should be. Is there anything that could help manage your blood sugar? Nobetes is a natural supplement that may quickly and dramatically lower your blood sugar. My
0: name is Bob Quarter. I've been using Nobidese for about three and a half to four months now. And in the first three months, I've actually lowered my blood sugars from 500s down to 139. And then it dropped to 88 to 99.
2: Uh, My name is Kirsten. I'm a type 1 diabetic, and while taking Nobetes, my blood sugar levels dropped from 295 to 115 in just one day. The
1: FDA hasn't evaluated these statements, and Nobetes isn't intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. But for many, it's helped drop their blood sugar. So if you've been evaluated with high blood sugar, don't delay. Evaluate Nobetes now. Call 800-553-0803 and get your free bottle. Just cover shipping and handling. Call 800-553-0803. That's 800-553-0803. Do you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Then get on board
5: with the tax admiral and let us steer your way to financial freedom.
4: The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. They can freeze your bank accounts, seize your car, home, will garnish your paychecks and benefits.
5: Don't take on the IRS alone. I can fight for you using industry secrets that can help stop the IRS. I'll cut your penalties, slash your interest, and reduce your overall tax bill sometimes. I can even get it zeroed out completely.
4: We're an A-rated company with over 30 years experience helping people clean up their mess with the IRS, and we have a 95% customer satisfaction rating.
5: If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS, are facing an audit, a lien, or levy, then call me right away.
6: Call 800 329 2708. Again, that's 800 329 2708. 800 329 2708. 800 329 2708.
2: Jeff, you've seen me miss. Uh, yeah. Good good news is I didn't I didn't three putt but one green uh, my last round but I'm still missing by an inch or two left or right man I I need some help what do you got teach me buddy you know
3: I'll tell you what the first thing that I do with all my clinics when we're working on putting I break out the putting stroke teacher every single time we put this thing on their forearms are lined up their putter faces lined up in the same place it's the straightest putt you'll ever hit. It's unbelievable. And then I'll teach you how to aim after that. But you go get it the Putting Stroke Teacher, <laughs> tpsteacher.com. Go get one. Cheap and effective.
2: I like that. love it. Cheap yeah. and effective.
3: You're not kidding. This thing is absolutely one of the best things I've ever seen.
2: And it's easy to uh, understand?
3: Absolutely. Strap it onto your putter and go.
2: Don't need Real you simple. standing over me to tell me how to use it.
3: No. No, you don't want me barking at you anyway. Open up the box. TPSTeacher.com. Make it work. TPSTeacher.com.
2: and we're back thanks for hanging we are those weekend golf guys john ashton in studio and of course jeff smith at the uh, plain and simple golf school the golf cave at otter creek in columbus and i mentioned the fact we were talking about the, the biggest villain in golf and we couldn't come up with one with the exception of the usga's new edict which makes me think that they think that it is us. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Come on.
2: Now, have you seen this new this – new, I did. I'm going to call them out on this because this is – well, it, it ticks me off. It, it really changed does. changed the
3: handicap system.
2: They They made a new rule for the handicap system, and if you have not yet heard, this is what is ticking me off. Any round you play alone does not count toward your handicap. Now, this is a game where everyone extols the virtues of honesty. Excuse me, I'm getting choked up about this. Integrity, exactly. Yeah. We call penalties on ourselves. We know the rules and we follow them to a T.
3: You know what's even funnier about that? They have this wonderful video out, Uh the USGA does, about the etiquette of the game and Uh the spirit of the game.
2: Uh Yeah, and we do all of this and we do it religiously. We do it every time we're on the course unless we're alone at which point we turn into a lying, cheating, thieving
3: villain. Villain. Apparently, we're the villain, right? Isn't that what you're saying?
2: Cannot be trusted unless we're being watched while we're out playing golf. Give me a break. Do you know how badly you have offended 26 million people? Okay, maybe 25 and a half million because I'm sure there's half a million who are lying, cheating, thieving. (laughs) (laughs) But they shouldn't ruin it for the rest of us.
3: So really they're saying that the score that you post when you play alone Mm -hmm. is no longer going to be able to be counted toward your handicap. But if you're playing with somebody else who can verify what you shot, Mm -hmm. then it counts. Mm
2: -hmm. That's exactly what they're saying. Because you're a cheater, but the guys you play with aren't.
3: (laughs) Yeah. It also means that – when you finally have your great round, because there are no distractions
0: mm-hmm.
3: and you're completely at peace,
0: mm-hmm.
3: that good round you played also doesn't count. Right, which is okay because that one right there never gets believed anyway. <laughs> <laughs> your buddies, you go and hey, yeah. I went out last night and I played by myself, had a great time, everything was clicking. And I shot seventy five. And you know what your buddy always says? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> okay, you got some swamp land to sell me too. No, so that round doesn't get to count either, does it?
2: Well, which stinks. But you which know it counts. Completely stinks. You That's know right. it counts. You
3: know it counts. But that completely stinks.
2: It does stink. It to, does. To stink.
3: have it so that here's a guy, uh, a dyed in the wool rule follower, and overall golfer that is just trying to get better all the time. And that guy just gets slapped with the you're not honest mm-hmm. penalty, as mm-hmm. in the USGA doesn't believe you. That, that round never qualif- and will no longer qualify in our system because obviously it wasn't verifiable.
2: Because you cannot be trusted.
3: Or you just don't have any friends. One way or another, <laughs> you know, you, you got issues yeah. when that doesn't count towards your handicap. Yeah. But this is a game of honor. This is a game of virtue. This is a game of honesty, but not in that case.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean,
3: really they're doing it because of the people who just turn in a score, you know, that seems to be a little higher than their usual to help raise that handicap a little bit. Maybe that happens a little too often. Who knows?
2: I was going to ask that of you. In my thought process, I figured, you know, what do you care how low I try to get my handicap? Having a higher handicap Is the only thing that's going to be a positive effect on me, and that's only if I compete in USGA-sanctioned handicap net score tournaments. Right. And if I do that, then having a higher handicap would be of a great benefit if I could come in with, let's say, a 12 and shoot three under for the round.
3: I've met guys like that. And and we all hear stories about guys like that. And I've actually played golf with a guy like that. I was a, a club professional for for many years. I was at a at a private club just outside of Charlotte for um, and uh, one of the guys that I played with at this club he was uh, and he carried an eleven, but yet. This guy, he was more under control of his golf ball and was a better player than 90% of the five handicaps that I've played with. Yeah, he was absolutely knew exactly what was going to happen. He would still manipulate his score on the golf course is what he did. He would do it every round, but yet while doing it, he looks like a professional. He looks like a very low handicap golfer. He is very much under control of his flight, his distance, his putts. He's controlling every part of it better than most.
2: So like he misses putts on purpose and...
3: Well, there was a lot of things that he did. Let me give you an example. Now, he didn't do the... In in the round that I played with him, that he built up his score. Let's say it that way. Okay. He did not do it by playing great golf for 15 holes and then realizing his position and then started to make some triple bogeys. He did not do that. Okay. He did not intentionally miss two-foot putts. He did not do that. What he did do, though, however, is that... Every shot throughout the golf course that was under control, he deliberately chose a club that would put him in dire straits. For example, on the third hole, it's a par three over water. He purposefully chose a club that was perfectly struck well on line, no wind. He flushed it, and it came up two clubs short and plunked into the water. Nice Mm -hmm. double bogey on the third Mm -hmm. hole.
7: Mm -hmm. And here
3: we are on the seventh hole, and it's a nice par four. And this seventh hole has out-of-bounds right over the green. And he flushes one down the middle and flushes one right over the flag, and he chose two clubs too many, and it flew over the green, landed on the backside of the, the green, and went out-of-bounds. Double bogey. Mm-hmm. You see my point? I got you. I he's got you. doing this throughout the round of golf, but yet he's completely under control of every bit of what's going on. And unless you were a-, a
2: golf pro who who could understand – how well he was playing by watching him play, even though the shots weren't going where they should have gone, then you wouldn't have known. Exactly. Taking
3: the, you know, shaving a stroke here or there by not aiming at the hole on an easy bunker shot and aiming, you know, 10 feet away and then leaving yourself a 10-footer as opposed to a 2-footer.
2: Right.
3: Um, Right. You know, on a dug leg right par 4 that's out of bounds to choose a club that would go right over the trees but... Hit it low enough that it couldn't, and then say a lot of bounce or bounce out of bounds, is another example. Uh, And I watched him do that. And so here's a guy who effectively told the truth on the scorecard and told the truth at the handicap computer, but he lied on the golf course.
2: Yeah, he's still cheating. Yeah,
3: yeah. So those are the guys that that the USGA is always trying to crack down on, right? Because they have tournaments that are you know all over the country that are are big deals where people go and they play in these large tournaments. Uh, Oldsmobile Scramble used to be one of them, now a defunct tournament. I think John Deere had a big scramble tournament. And there are other ones that people use handicaps. And they go to these national events. You know, you, you go through this stage where you you go through your state and then you go to your region and you mm-hmm. win that and you finally go to the national thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well those were all so riddled with people with false handicaps because People would do exactly what this guy was doing is they would manufacture their handicap and it would be legitimate because that is what they shot and they did put it in the handicap computer. So they're trying to do some of those things like in this ruling where they're saying, hey, not by yourself because nobody really saw how you came up with that score. Well, the next thing you know two or three is they're going to—they're
2: they're going to insist on having a caddy with a video camera at all times to have a have a verifiable handicap. Hey, listen, yeah. uh, that's just one of the things that ticks us—ticks us—that that makes us mad. We shall return. We're going to get in a better mood. It's the holiday season after all. Ho, ho, ho! Be right back. Don't
1: you move. Me.
2: Hey Jeff, I got to come to you, man. I need some help. I was playing golf last weekend. Four of us, at least two of them, outdrove me on a regular occasion. To you know, to pick up your club head speed, you know, I have found these these training aids that
3: are just the world's best thing I've ever seen. Uh, Super Speed Golf has some training aid sticks, and they've got this beautiful training program that goes with them that you can get online. My clients have picked up a lot of club head speed and a lot of distance in a relatively short period of time. I'm more impressed with this than I am with anything else that I've ever seen on the market to make people swing their club faster. And we all know that's what, you know, one of the big factors in producing distance.
2: That's right. Faster equals longer. That's what I'm looking for, man. Longer right. by being faster. Super speed. What's what's the website? Where do Sup- I go?
3: superspeedgolf.com go to superspeedgolf.com pick up some of these sticks uh, go through their training program it is eye-popping how much distance you'll pick up
5: they just told us right away that we're gonna house you we're gonna feed you and every single one of his medical bills is just all taken care of
1: they've saved my family from financial ruin it allowed me and my wife both to focus on the most important thing which was the health and well-being of our son we have phenomenal research outstanding clinical care, and the generosity of public, which allow us to treat patients regardless of what it takes. And that's what makes St. Jude so magical.
2: At St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, families never receive a bill for treatment, travel, housing, or food, because the only thing a family should worry about is
1: helping their child live.
0: Doctors send us the toughest cases to be treated at St. Jude, and our patients come from all over the world. When we come here, they told me, Don't worry, everything's been taken care of. We can never repay St. Jude for what they've given us.
1: Because of you.
0: Gracias a ti. Because, because of, of you. you.
1: There is St. Jude.
2: And welcome back, to those weekend golf guys, right here in studio. I am John Ashton, and of course, Jeff Smith at the uh, golf cave. At Otter Creek, the Plain and Simple Golf School. And the rest of us are going to just go on up to, uh, was it Mineola, New York, and talk to Kirk O'Goury from Pete's Custom Clubs. Kirk, how are you, sir?
6: I'm doing all right. Thank you for having me. my pleasure to be on. So uh, looking forward to uh, chatting a little bit about equipment.
2: Yeah, we're going to have some fun. Now, you have been recognized as one of the best club fitters in the world. That's right. I told him that. you. Can pay, you can pay me later. Yeah. No. We've got we've we've got the plaque already for you, Kirk. Oh. Awesome. <laughs> put it on your wall, and and your rates can go up. You know, that's a immensely. good idea. You
3: know what? He could <laughs> he could get a, a you know we we could do some promotion program. for him so he doesn't have to self promote. That's yeah? a great idea. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. It's called advertising. It's what we do, Jeff. We'll yeah. we'll talk about that in a little bit. <laughs> Sorry, but, I forgot but, about that. But Kirk, I I am going to come at you as. As what I am is just a pure amateur weekend, maybe once, twice a week, now that I can actually make a tax-deductible golfer, okay?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: When I go out to my local club I usually play at, and I'm, I'm going to mention a brand name because they do it more often than anybody else as far as I've seen, but the ping truck is there, okay? And the, mm-hmm. the ping truck is going to have a demo day, and they're going to fit me for irons. And they go through that whole rigmarole they go through, and they say, Hey, you're a red dot. Well, have I been fitted for clubs, or is that a marketing ploy? I think they stick one on your chest. I think that's what they did.
3: That's a targeting thing, John. Okay.
6: Okay. (laughs) Sorry. That's all right. So to to talk about the fitting with the lie angle, that's that's all that is. It's a color-coding system that Ping really was the company who really uh, came out with it and systemized it only because it was a simple way for people, instead of remembering uh, a numerical number, you know, t- instead of a number of what the lionel is, they just made it simple just to color. Okay. Now, they go through originally a static fitting, which entails the size of the club. That's the length of the golf club relative to your wrist, uh, the distance from your wrist to the floor and your height. So they they go through just a general static fitting, and then they'll go through a dynamic, which has to do with you hitting golf shots. And then they will go through their analysis and come up with, a color code for a specific line for the golfer is
2: it, and that's all i need or is when you go to a guy like you kirk is it much more involved
6: well i'll explain it this way uh, we have many types of fittings that we offer for different clientele uh, we can cater from anyone from your beginner golfer that has never played and we're just trying to give them some equipment to help them learn how to play, and we could also accommodate the elite players. So it depends on, obviously, when the person comes in, the customer comes in, we would start an evaluation, just who they are, what they're looking for, how can we help them. And then we will take it in different directions to try to help that specific offer.
2: Okay. And again, coming to you as the rank amateur, how do I know if my mm-hmm. clubs don't fit me?
6: Um, boy, you know, that's a good question because either you... You obviously cannot hit the golf ball well. It can be purely a talent issue or that you're a novice. But a lot of times, when the equipment does not fit the golfer, uh, what you'll notice is that they struggle dynamically. Either they have to make a really com- a compensatory movement, or you notice, And as an instructor, I think having an eye for what I'd like to see with a golfer, you can see if the equipment is ill fit, if it's too heavy, if it's too long, too short. Uh, There's something going on to where uh, a shaft maybe is too stiff or too weak, etc. So it really is up to the experience of the professional or the fitter to be able to evaluate that person. But to answer it in a way where... How can the amateur know if it's good or not? I don't think they have a very good idea
3: of it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just to be honest. Hey, John, did you I mean, notice how, how smoothly he mentioned that it could be a talent issue? <laughs> did he notice he mentioned that to you? He hasn't even met you yet, and he already knows.
2: Well, he's been talking to you, and obviously you're telling tales out of school, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's out of school or not.
3: <clears throat> okay, Jeff, you've seen me play. Do my clubs fit me? Yeah, they do. Okay. Yeah, they do. I've been, a, I've been a club fitter for, I don't know, 15 years now. Do I do it anywhere near to the level that, that Kirk and his guys there at, at Pete's do it? Oh, no, definitely not. Um, I've got a couple fitting systems, and they they're just don't offer the, the same um, number of shafts or the same number of heads. Um, and so I'm limited. You know, I, I, can, I can deal with an awful lot of people, but I'm very limited. And the guys who have all of the tools – and then they have a specific business like Pete's does. That's all they do.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Those are the people who get it right every mm-hmm. time. Okay. They they've got a system where anybody can walk in there and they they come out as better golfers because as Kirk knows, Kirk I want I want you to talk about this a little bit too. If you've got some poorly fitted equipment, man, you're going to struggle. You're going to make compensation moves in your golf swing just to to see what's going on and uh I know Kirk sees that an awful lot because I spend more time teaching than I do club fitting, and he spends an awful lot of time fitting clubs. Right. And, um, yeah, I I know that that's a big issue for people. Kirk, when you see somebody as a teacher, and you see somebody that you know the equipment is a bigger factor and would change somebody's golf swing, how do you go about telling them that?
6: Well, I would be very fair in the assessment. Um, if I have a client that I know that they have long-term goals and they're coming to me to work on their games, and I have their trust, I will slowly uh, let them know about the effect of the equipment. Now, of course, it it has to do with where I'd like to take them, also in the swing. But things like maybe the grip size, um, the overall weight of the golf club, the type of golf club they're playing, I will address that immediately. Um, I won't. I probably won't get too deep into wow, you are just not playing the best quality shaft or anything like that. That's really, later on, that's not a necessity right away. I would definitely think about the size of the club, the weight of the golf club, and the type of club I would immediately, um, maybe not during the first lesson, but most probably in the first few. I I definitely will address that because there, there are enough golfers that come in to see me for either instruction or for fitting that, I know that I can get them to be able to swing the golf clubs to match what we'd want to do with their golf swing much better and help their games. Is that fair?
3: Yeah. Yeah, that pretty well hits a lot of things. Um, John, as, as a regular guy, yeah. how do you see? Because Kirk and I view the world a little differently.
2: Uh, yeah, you have rather jaundiced approaches. Yes, you do. Yeah, it, yeah.
3: because we, we are in this business and that we fit and we teach. And so our brains are geared toward getting it right all the time. Mm-hmm. How about the average guy? Uh, you know, Do I'm... you feel like oh, when the average guy is just going to go off the racket because of price or, or get it off you know, some, some online place just because of price? You think he's thinking of that before he's thinking of, Does oh, this the, is this, could this be right for me? Of
2: course. I mean you've been you've been shopping with your spouse, right? Yeah, unfortunately okay. I have. Yeah. So if let me let me just put it out <laughs> put it out there, okay? Especially if a spouse that does not play golf. Okay? I'm going to walk into a golf shop uh whether it be big box or Greengrass Pro Shop or whatever. And I am going to look at clubs and I am going to look at the aesthetics. I'm going to pick them up and swing them a little bit and see what feels good. I, of course, am going to be uh, persuaded one way or the other by the stuff I've read in the magazines or seen the ads on TV or heard on the radio or whatever. Yes, because we know that stuff's really accurate. Uh, Exactly. (laughs) But then I'm going to have this other person with me, or maybe not with me physically, but will be in my head, who will say, you paid how much? And I'm gonna say, yeah, hon, but it's it's gonna let me play better. I don't care. You paid how much? <laughs> okay, that's the way the conversation's gonna go. And I can, I can agree with Kirk and with your opinion all, the, all I want to. Yeah, if it has a better shaft and it fits me better and I actually take the time and the money to have somebody who's an expert work with me on it, my game is going to be so much better. This voice in my head and this person I have to answer to at home doesn't give a crap about that. <laughs> all, all I'm going to hear is, you paid how much? <laughs> okay.
3: So is that so that's, that's one where of we're those at, factors that that's one of those factors that you deal with, um, as far as when you go buy equipment, you're probably not. Your first instinct isn't to go get it custom fit.
2: No, it's not. No, and see, but I can relate. On the other hand, because if I would go to buy a microphone, okay. And I have a microphone that I can spend $80 on, or I have a microphone that I can spend $400 on, and I, I, spend, I buy the $400 one, I will buy it for one reason, because it's going to make me sound better.
6: And my wife... Probably because you know how to speak. Well, that, so since you know how to speak reasonably well, you can see the performance difference.
2: Right, plus, my wife, plus my wife understands that, too. So she understands. right. right that the 400 bucks for the microphone is going to be better for me, but then this, this is kind of like a career, not a thing I do right. on Saturdays. <laughs> <laughs> so she goes, well, I can understand that. I wish microphones were cheaper. But with golf clubs, it's,
5: you paid how much?
2: And that's where we're at. <laughs> We've got a, a lot more to talk about with uh, Kirk Oguri from Pete's Custom Clubs in uh, Mineola, New York. And we will be right back. We are those weekend golf guys. We're powered by Golf Talk America. And we're having some fun. Hang out with us. Don't go away. You check out our Facebook page yet. It's Facebook.com slash Golf Guys. Go there and like us, please. We need the
4: affirmation. Do you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Then get
5: on board with the tax admiral and let us steer your way to financial freedom.
4: The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. They can freeze your bank accounts, seize your car, home, will garnish your paychecks and benefits.
5: Don't take on the IRS alone. I can fight for you using industry secrets that can help stop the IRS. I'll cut your penalties, slash your interest, and reduce your overall tax bill sometimes. I can even get it zeroed out completely.
4: We're an A-rated company with over 30 years' experience helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. And we have a 95% customer satisfaction rating.
5: If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS, are facing an audit, a lien, or levy, then call me right away.
6: Call 800-329-2708. Again, that's 800-329-2708. 800-329-2708. 800-329-2708.
0: Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop.
2: Jeff, you've seen me miss. Uh, yeah. Good good news is I didn't I didn't three-putt but one green my last round, but I'm still missing by an inch or two left or right. Man, I, I need some help. What do you got? Teach me, buddy. You know,
3: I'll tell you what. The first thing that I do with all my clinics when we're working on putting, I break out the putting stroke teacher every single time. We put this thing on. Their forearms are lined up. Their putter faces lined up in the same place. It's the straightest putt you'll ever hit. It's unbelievable. And then I'll teach you how to aim after that. But you go get it the Putting Stroke Teacher, <laughs> tpsteacher.com. Go get one. Cheap and effective.
2: I like gotta that. love it. Cheap yeah. and effective.
3: You're not kidding. This thing is absolutely one of the best things I've ever seen.
2: And it's easy to uh, understand?
3: Absolutely. Strap it onto your putter and go.
2: Don't need Real you simple. standing over me to tell me how to use it.
3: No. No, you don't want me barking at you anyway. Just Open up, up the it. box. TPSTeacher.com.
2: Make it work. TPSTeacher.com. And we're back. John Ashton in studio. Jeff Smith at the Golf Cave. Kirk Oguri uh, from Pete's Custom Clubs, one of the recognized top Club fitters in the nation is with us here, and we're talking about getting your clubs fit. And, Kirk, I think you may agree with me on this. I have often said and will bear repeating since people are beginning the Christmas shopping season, do not buy a golf club for someone else as a gift.
6: But it is still better than buying a sweater with a golfer on it. Got it. <laughs> yes. got that right.
2: That's right. Because right. the wrong club can be fixed or, or exchanged. Yes, the sweater you're panty stuck panty with. Your
6: right, <laughs> get a left-handed. It's still better than that sweater.
2: Right.
3: Because you know what's going to happen with that sweater, Kirk, is that the per- person who got it
2: for you is going to insist that you do wear it. And uh, another question, Kirk, I got for you is, as an amateur again, okay? How good do I have to be to get custom clubs fitted or get clubs custom fitted, whatever the... I'll I'll throw the words out there. You put them in the order in which they work, okay?
6: That actually probably is the most intriguing question that we get often. The reason is we know that one thing is a fact. Less than 10% of golfers get fit for equipment. And the largest percentage of people, the reason why they say they don't get fit is because they don't feel like their game is good enough to get fit. -hmm. So it's it's a very very common thing. So you know now you did mention about budget. Budget is a big thing. Luckily with our business model, we because we are a high end custom club fitting facility, we do deal with people that tend to be uh, doing pretty well in this uh, New York area. Mm -hmm. But I would definitely say that besides the budget, it's that most people ask, "Hey, does it make any difference to my game? I am a a, an average nineties to hundred golfer." In my opinion getting fit for equipment is actually more important for that golfer because they're not as talented to make up for poor equipment. So if it is the wrong size, it's the wrong weight, it's the wrong type of golf club, it just doesn't match up for them, they're going to play a lot poorer than a better skilled golfer. Because I can give Jeff over there the wrong equipment, meaning something's off, it's heavy, whatever. He can still probably still get it around yeah. because he's got a lot less loft. Right. and. The main thing is when you have lost, and we know what that means, uh, it's a lot more difficult to compensate. So hopefully that that answers it. So I I understand the budget part. Boy, I don't think it's worth it for my game. But I really have seen more changes to people's games and a bigger jump and more improvement from golfers who actually are not as skilled.
2: All right, and also coming to you not only as an amateur golfer but as a huge cynic, I go into a retail outlet. Even a big-box retail outlet where they say they are fitting me, that's part of what they do. Mm-hmm. I still, in right. the back of my head, the suspicion that, yeah, these clubs they're fitting me with, that's what they have the most of in the warehouse.
6: But you're not going to go try to get fit for a suit at the Walmart, are you? No. <laughs> no, sir. <Right. laughs> that's let's, big let's hope to not. do what you're saying is let me go to this big warehouse that stocks up in tons of equipment that they have to sell. That's their business model. Yeah. Now, what are they going to do? They're going to go through what, quote, unquote, a, a club fitting, which basically means I have these many clubs on the shelf. What can I fit you into right. that I have? Right. And that's the majority of what they're selling.
2: On an average, if I want to get fitted, do I come in empty-handed and say, okay, fit me with and then build me a set of clubs, or do I come in with a set of clubs and say, fit me and adjust these, or how does it work and how much should I expect to pay for that
6: normally? Usually, let's say you're a golfer, you play, you have clubs. We definitely suggest that you come in with your equipment. Okay. The reason is the equipment that we're fitting you for does not outperform your clubs. Why get it? Exactly. So if a few of your clubs in there, if your irons are good and all it needs maybe is a slight tweak to it. Maybe it's a little lie angle change if we can bend your existing clubs or we just need to do something, shorten them, put some weight on it, change your grips, whatever. You know, we're, all we're trying to do is make sure that we try to get the best possible equipment for the value also that the person can play. So There are people that come in and go, listen, I just want brand new clubs. I want to get fit. Soup to nuts. We can do that. Some people come in and say, you know, hey, I'm just, can you just check if my equipment's good for me? We'll do that also. And a lot of times, People come in, they will pay for a time, of course. It's just like a, a golf lesson mm-hmm. um, or instruction. But they may walk out with the same clubs, maybe a little tweak here and there. But that, I think that's the reason why um, Pete and Woody, who are the co-owners who have been fitting for over 30 years here, the reason they built a trust with the community here and the area and in the business is because you know they're, they're honest guys. And that's why I really enjoy being a part of it. to try to help out every golfer out there. It's not based on wow, we have to sell uh, the, the most expensive equipment. That's not what it's about.
3: I know we only have a few minutes left, but I want to I touch on a couple of things that I think that our listening audience probably needs to understand about equipment. Um, could you go through you know some things that you know they, they read in magazines, they hear all the time, you know, hey, we want high launch, we want low spin. What are you going to do if you've got a guy who walks in and he just spent five six hundred bucks on this brand new somewhat white-headed somewhat um, <laughs> <laughs> somewhat of that head driver and he walks in and he can't hit it at all and you go oh okay uh what what are you looking at right away
6: uh golf instruction <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm totally serious. <laughs>
3: how are you gonna make adjustments to a guy's piece of equipment when you know he might take your instruction or he might never practice it
6: right so obviously those are two different types of club settings one is uh, trying to lead the person to improvement by helping them with their game. If they're not open to that, they're just here, hey, I just I only play five times a year. I play with my boss. I play in golf outings. I just want to be able to hit this driver better. Well, the things that we'll have to do is just go based on our experience and understanding the golfer, their movements dynamically what they do, and we have to just look at the equipment and say, hey, this is the type of club or this is the type of spec that I believe will help you play the best as is, the way you swing. A lot of times it's very common for the lesser-skilled players, we do shorten the drivers. Um, We will go through a dynamic fitting. Even though they may not be able to repeat their ball flight, they still do repeat their golf swing. Does that make sense? Does that make sense, guys?
2: Makes sense to me, yeah. They still
6: have a pattern. You know what I'm saying? So they got a pattern. It just doesn't produce repeatable results. But we will fit for the way the golfer is swinging and the way that they move and their patterns. We might move weights around. We might change the settings on it. Um, very rarely will I actually fit shaft to change ball flight. And that's a very common thing out there right now is you want to hit it high, use a high launching shaft. You want to hit it low, use a low launching shaft. That's not how it works. It's supposed to help the golfer transmit their, their movement from the body through their hands to the club head. And it's really just more of a movement issue, not a ball flight.
3: But and you know, a lot of guys don't don't buy that, and they, and they'll tell you we're putting these super light shafts in them because you know we're going to get your ball up in the air, and you know they believe that the shaft is the number one thing. And you and I both know, as golf professionals and golf instructors, the number one thing is the, is the actual person swinging the thing.
2: Well, you know, guys, uh, one one of yeah, the things absolutely. that 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 most of us would like to believe is that technology can overcome ability or lack thereof. However, we know it's not true. So what we're, we're going to just bottom line, guys, is you can go to a guy like Kirk or Guri and you can get fitted and have the, the clubs work with you perfectly. But unless you know what you're doing, it ain't going to help. You think that's an encapsulation of the last 20 minutes together, guys? Could be. I
3: think, that, I think there's a lot of conversations yeah, I, I, out I, there that are yeah. specific to people that, that, need to, that need to stay specific to people. Because mm-hmm. I think it's tough to generalize.
2: Kirk, have you ever had a client come in and say, listen, you don't need me, man. Go take a lesson, then come back.
6: Well, you know something? What's common over here is, you know, being the, the golf instructor, the PJ professional here, when we have clients come in for fittings and they're struggling to hit the ball, and let's say the other fitters or myself, we're not able to really get them into the equipment because they want to buy. You no. know, they've got the money. They want right. to get equipment. And we just can't get the right clubs in their hands because their swing patterns are just too – uh for lack of a better word, obscene or excessively <laughs> poor.
3: <laughs> erratic. So, we no like erratic.
2: Person.
3: John, you just found oh, out erratic. why he's a good oh. friend
6: of mine. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> <laughs> we will do our best to suggest that hey, you no, know, let's improve your motion. Let's improve how you deliver that club to the ball because if we do the type of clubs that are going to go in your hands are going to be totally different, and you're going to be a much happier golfer playing the game. So why not let's improve a little bit just to get you to be able to hit the ball better so that now when we are fitting you for the equipment and put it in your hand, it's for the long term.
2: So the answer to my question is goal. yes, you just say it so much better than I did.
1: You <laughs> did, as a matter of
2: fact. <laughs> <laughs> Kirk Aguri from Peach Custom Clubs in uh, Mineola, New York. Thanks for spending some time with us here on Those Weekend Golf Guys. we got to thank you, too, for hanging with us here. Hope you enjoyed another hour together. We'll be back next week, same place, same time in the interim. Catch us at thoseweekendgolfguys.com. You can always uh, like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash guys. Uh, follow us on Twitter at WKND Golf Guys. And if you missed any of this show or any of our shows, you can always just go to the website and you can download anything from the archives. And there's been some darn good stuff. And Don't forget be... the apps. Oh, yeah. Download our free apps, both from the Apple or uh, the Android store, Google Play store, iTunes. You can get it and listen to us anytime you want to. I have covered everything. Go play some golf. Hopefully you can. We will talk to you next week. Bye.
3: See ya.
0: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts